Hi, welcome to Lighthouse Vineyard Church. Thank you for joining us. If you would like to know more about us, feel free to visit us online at lighthousevineyard.church. Enjoy the message. This is either really God or it's not. And it's okay because I'll try other stuff too, but I have to start with this. Please let this mean something to somebody, God. Polka duck. Polka duck. You're raising your hand. What does it mean? No! This is real. Like, for real, for real? Polka, like the dance, duck. You have a business named Polka Duck. Wow. I told you, Rory, it was going to be a weird one, and that worked. Thank you, Jesus, it worked. Do you realize how nerve-wracking it is to say Polka Duck? I mean... I mean, it's a cute name, but I would have never thought anything with polka duck would be in this room tonight. <laughs> is polka in Australia even as a dance? I mean, it's like such a, okay, you guys have polka. Like we are in LA, no one's heard of polka. I mean, it's like, wow, it's such a Polish thing. That's amazing. And um, okay, wait, come all the way to the front. And if you have family with you, bring them with you. Yeah, everyone can sit down for a minute. I want her to come to the front. Um, This is so cool. God knew you were going to be here. Polka duck. I'm just going to grab your hand because I'm nervous and I need to pray for you. Holy Spirit, come. (laughs) You guys are such a renaissance couple. You're such a renaissance. Man, you guys are so creative. And this has to be like a creative, like clothing and uh, like uh, sweaters or maybe uh, scarves or something and shoes and things like that. Does that make sense? And, uh, and, uh, I'm seeing Etsy. My wife loves Etsy. Is it on Etsy? Can we get your stuff on? Everyone go to Polka Duck. Where, um, is it literally Polka and then D-U-C-K? Okay, so remember that because I feel like the Lord loves this business more than you do. And he's promoting it. And there's going to be a new installment of grace and favor that's going to take it outside of an Etsy shop. He says there's retail space for this business. There's place for this business. And it's going to help provide for these three little girls. Is it three little girls and a boy? So these three girls and a boy. And, and this is going to help provide. And the Lord says that you're, you're, you must be like, are you Matthew? So the Lord says you've been mining for gold, but you got salt. What does that mean? Other business, yes. Other, what, is, what do you mean it's your other business? What does that mean? Salt mining industries. Salt mining industries. <laughs> well, he's, <laughs> he's saying you're the salt of the earth. You're helping to, is this also clothing somehow? So this is also clothing. And the Lord's saying, you're, you're salting the earth, that you're literally going to be called to the influencers, especially creative influencers, to help them to have their saltiness and not lose it. And I feel like the Lord's is saying that you're onto something that you've been laboring over for a while, but he's going to give you just the key wisdom on how to bring it to its fullness. The key wisdom, and it's not 10 years from now, like something's going to start happening over the next two years where you're going to see a breakthrough for what you've labored for. The Lord says it's no longer plowing, but it's reaping. And I release that over you to reap because your children are going to need the resource for what they're called to. So the Lord's put great, he's given you the Deuteronomy 8.18, the ability to produce the resource, the wealth that your children will need to come into the fullness of their life, and we bless you. Hello, everyone. My name is Clint Schwartz. I'm the lead pastor here at Lighthouse. I want to welcome those who are joining us online and also those who are joining us in the Beacon. Thanks for being here today. 
So that was Sean Bowles. Anyone heard of Sean Bowles before? Yeah, a few of us have heard of him. Sean Bowles has the spiritual gift of prophecy. And uh, that's what he was doing. So a lot of times what Sean Bowles will do before he speaks is he'll seek God and ask God for uh, words of knowledge. And that's what that was. Polka duck was a word of knowledge. And then he'll follow up with words of encouragement for the person and then uh, possibly even words of destiny. So that's, that's what the gift of prophecy looks like uh, in today, um, in America and around the world. Now, that could have all been fake, all right? I mean, it could have been fake. I don't think so. Uh, I've seen Sean Bowles in, in person before, and I've watched many of his videos. You can Google him and, and watch him online. Um, but... Uh, yeah, he has an incredible gift of prophecy. And so I have had someone prophesy over me, actually several different times. I've had different people prophesy over me. So I do believe this is a real gift that happens today. Uh, one time, this is several, several years ago, I was, I was working at the hospital and I decided to leave the hospital and uh, go into ministry full time. And my wife and I had five kids in private school at that time. So you can think about that. And uh, so it was a big leap of faith. So we had set aside uh, money in a savings account to kind of carry us through this financial transition. And uh, so over about, about maybe six months into this, I had watched our savings account just kind of start to go down. You know what I mean? It was just it was going down a little faster than I thought it should, but it was starting to go down. And, uh, and I was concerned about money. I mean, just in the back of my mind. And so um, on a Sunday morning, I remember this, there was a couple that were visiting our church. And I was the newcomer's uh, pastor at that time. So I went over and talked to this new couple after church. It was just a small church at the time. And asked them, I said, hey, how are you? Where are you guys from? And well, it turns out that they were um, both pastors of a church, a vineyard church in Florida or Texas. I don't remember where. And so we got to talking and they just said, hey, do you have lunch plans? We're like, no, let's go out to lunch. So we went out to lunch with this couple. And as we were sitting there, I think it was after we ordered and before the food came in, the lady, the wife, leans across the table, looks me in the eyes, and she says, I have a word from God for you. I'm like, oh, okay, that's great. What is it? She said, what I see is I see a stack of cash and I see it going down and going down and going down. And then magically or supernaturally or miraculously, it just pops back up. And then it goes back down, it goes down and then it pops back up. Well, she didn't know anything about our financial situation, um, but that resonated with me at that time. I was like, oh, that sounds like a really good idea, God. So I'm going to claim that one and say, yes, that's going to be our, our, our financial situation. Well, I will tell you, that is what happened. So over the next years, we would watch our bank account go down. And then through a, a large tax return, unexpected, or a side job or something like that, it would bounce back up. And it would go down, it would bounce back up. And so Rose and I have been in ministry now for... Um, 13 years, and we've never gotten to the bottom of that specific savings account. Isn't that crazy? But I'll tell you what, I needed to hear that word at that time. God knew my heart. We were stepping out in faith, and he's like, don't worry about it, Clint. I got you on this. And he certainly has had it 
um, had our back through this whole time of being in ministry. So that prophetic word was really helpful to me. The spiritual gift of prophecy can be incredibly helpful for the church today. Last week, we introduced spiritual gifts. We talked about how the Holy Spirit works through spiritual gifts. And we read the section of scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Let me read this. It says, Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. And here, here we go. To another, prophecy. Prophecy. So I looked up the Greek word for that. And it's this Greek word. I can't really say it. Prophetuo. Christine, help me out wherever you are. Anyway, so it means to foretell events, to divine, to speak under inspiration, to exercise the prophetic office. Now, in the Old Testament, prophecy was reserved just for the Old Testament prophets. And we actually have several books of the Old Testament that are written by these prophets. But in the New Testament, the gift of prophecy is just included in a list of spiritual gifts that any one of us could have. Now, in my experience, when someone prophesies, when they speak under the inspiration of God, it usually falls into one of five categories. The first category is this concept of words of knowledge, which we just saw Sean Bowles use. He, he had written down polka duck which is such a strange word that God had given him prophetically. And then he shared that word and it opened up the couple to receive what comes next because no one would know that other than God themselves, God himself. So it just kind of validates that this is a word from God. First Corinthians 14 says, but if an unbeliever or an inquirer comes in while everyone is prophesying, they are convicted of sin and are brought under judgment by all, as the secrets of their hearts are laid bare. So they will fall down and worship God, exclaiming, God is really among you. So Paul is saying that prophecy is one of those gifts where it exposes the secrets of the heart. Things are shared that only God would know. And then that opens up the listener to receive what God has for them in addition to that. So the second category of a prophetic word would be a word of encouragement. So that sometimes we just need an encouraging word from God. It's, it's nice when someone says, hey, you're doing a good job, but it's really nice when God says, my son, you're doing a good job, or my daughter, you're doing a good job. So words of encouragement. God can speak through a prophet with words of encouragement. Also words of direction. God can give Words of direction like, you should go right, or you should go left, or you should take that job, or you shouldn't take that job, those kinds of things. Also, another category is words of warning. Sometimes we're going down a wrong path, right? I mean, we've kind of all been there. Anybody a sinner, or is it just me? Are we kind of, yeah, have we been there? Well, sometimes when we're in the midst of sin, and we're just kind of going like this to God, la, 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 I don't want to listen, I don't want to listen. God will send a person with the gift of prophecy to call us out. And that's a helpful thing. That's a helpful thing. And then lastly is a word of destiny. 
This is the foretelling. And many times when we think of a prophet, we think of it's, it's foretelling. It's, you know, telling the future. But that's really just part of this gift. Well, the gift of prophecy is really important in the church today. And I'd like to see this gift utilized more and more here at Lighthouse. I would like it to be a little more commonplace in our small groups, in our, in our classes, just in discussions that we have in the atrium. And not just here, but in the marketplace, you know, at Kroger's, while we're at Walmart, at, when we're at a kid's game, that we would tune in to the spiritual gift and actually exercise it to share the goodness of God. But I think if it's going to happen here at Lighthouse, first we need to want this gift. We need to ask for this gift. And then we need to make room for this gift as well. So that's what we're going to try to do, uh, even starting today. I want us all to experience the gift of prophecy in our lives. So we're in a series right now titled Empowered Living a Spirit-Filled Life. And it's a series about the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. And last week, we introduced the topic of spiritual gifts. And if you missed that message, I would encourage you to tune in online. You can watch the, the video. And this week, we are going to just dive deep into the gift of prophecy. And we'll be in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 14. 14. 14. You can turn there. And, uh, and as a reminder, most spiritual gifts are listed in Romans chapter 12, Ephesians chapter 4, and then 1 Corinthians chapters 12 and 14. And we'll be in uh, 1 Corinthians 14, starting with verse 1. And in this section, Paul talks a lot about the spiritual gift of prophecy. I'm going to read the first five verses. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. For anyone who speaks in tongue does not speak to people, but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. But the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. Anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves, but the one who prophesies edifies the church. I would like every one of you to speak in tongues, but I would rather have you prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues unless someone interprets so that the church may be edified. So today's message is titled Prophecy, Speaking the Truth in Love. And I'm going to give us three reasons why we should all want prophecy to experience it in our lives. But first, let me pray. So, Father, I come to you, and I thank you so much for the spiritual gifts. I thank you for sending your Holy Spirit to enable us, to empower us, to equip us, Lord, for the ministry you've called us to. So, Holy Spirit, we invite you to be here today. I pray that you would speak through me, that you would be in the middle of our, our prayer time at the end as well, and that you would open up our hearts and our minds to receive from you today. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so you can fill this in on your handout if you would like. I'm going to give us three reasons we should all eagerly desire the gift of prophecy. First of all, because it's better than tongues. <laughs> it's better than tongues. Let me read this couple of verses. It says, follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. 
For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people, but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. And then verse 5 says, I would like every one of you to speak in tongues, but I would rather, I would rather have you prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues unless someone interprets so that the church may be edified. So in the New Testament, if you look at when um, on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came, the disciples received the gift of tongues right there. So they, they started speaking in tongues right away. What is tongues? Tongues is speaking in an unknown language, the mysteries of God. And it's, it's speaking to God. It's interceding for people. It's praying for people. And it does edify you because it's, it's prayer, but it also is its intercession and worship to God and for others. All right? So this happened in the New Testament quite a bit. Tongues is a, is a powerful gift. But from these verses, it looks like it's the gift everybody wanted. Like they're all like, well, we want this, this gift of tongues. That's what we want. And so Paul is saying, I, I mean, I want you all to have that but it's not as good as prophecy. Because when you, when you pray in tongues, you're speaking to God. But when you prophesy, you're speaking to others. All right? You're, you're ministering to others. I've been to churches where they said, unless you speak in tongues, you don't have the Holy Spirit. Anyone, you ever been to a church like that? Well, we don't believe that here at the vineyard. It doesn't seem scriptural. Scripture would say that tongues is one of the spiritual gifts. It's not the mark of having the Holy Spirit. You know, it is just one of the spiritual gifts. And it's, it's, a, it's a powerful gift. When I don't know how to pray for somebody, I will pray in tongues. When I don't know how to pray, um, I will pray in tongues. Like this morning when I was just praying through the auditorium, I would pray, you know, with my mind in English and pray and intercede, but I would also then let my spirit pray and pray in tongues. It's, it's a nice gift to have, but it's just one of the gifts. And Paul would say, it's not the best. <laughs> he would say, prophecy is a powerful gift. Now, the reason for that is because it brings us to point number two. Um, we should all desire the gift of prophecy because it blesses others. That's what prophecy does. It blesses others others. First Corinthians 14 says, but the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. When we prophesy over someone, we strengthen them, we encourage them, we bring comfort to them. And when we pray in tongues, nobody understands it. It's just between us and God, unless there is someone who interprets it. That's another gift to be able to interpret, to be able to understand when someone is praying in tongues and to translate it. But when we prophesy, we are sharing the very words of God to another person. It's encouraging to them. It's a blessing to them. Now in the Old Testament, if you read through any of the Old Testament prophets, it seems like they just did words of warning. <laughs> it just seems like they would do words of warning. They would also foretell the future, but it's usually you need to change your way or you're all going to die. That was kind of what they would say all the time. Now, there are times that they would actually say helpful things too. They would give words of direction. I want to read one example of that. This is uh, an example of Elisha helping the king of Israel. 
This is 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 8. It says, Now the king of Aram was at war with Israel. After conferring with his officers, he said, I will set up my camp in such and such a place. The man of God, which is Elisha, sent word to the king of Israel, Beware of passing that place because the Arameans are going down there. So the king of Israel checked on that, that place indicated by the man of God, and time and again, Elisha warned the king so that he was on his guard in such places. This enraged the king of Aram. Think about that. This, just the king of Aram, every time he sets up an ambush, the Israelites know about it. He summoned his officers and demanded of them, tell me, which of us is on the side of the king of Israel? Who's the traitor? None of us, none of us, my lord, the king, said one of his officers. But Elisha, the prophet who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the very words you speak in your bedroom. Just love that. So Elisha is just getting this information from God. Hey, the enemy is setting up a, an ambush over here. Go tell the king. And they avoided it, and they avoided it, and they avoided it. Now, the, the story goes on. You might want to read it because the, the Arameans come after Elisha, and it doesn't work out very well for them. So you might want to read that. It's kind of fun. So sometimes the Old Testament's prophets would give advice, would give a direction like that, but mostly it seemed like they were just calling out sin. But in the New Testament, the gift of prophecy, especially the words of knowledge, were used a lot to bless other people. You know, if I think of, just think about Jesus who had all the spiritual gifts, but he had the gift of prophecy as well. One example is when one of his disciples, Nathaniel, comes to him. He hasn't become a disciple yet. And Jesus calls out and says, hey, Nathaniel, I saw you when you were under that fig tree. And it was, it was a word of knowledge because he didn't actually see him. He was too far away. But he knew that Nathaniel was having a conversation about Jesus under a fig tree. And that convinced Nathaniel that this really was the Son of God. And he became a disciple and started following him. Also, um, at one point, Zacchaeus, the tax collector, had climbed up a tree just to see Jesus, and Jesus calls him out by name, says, Zacchaeus, I see you. Come down. I'm coming to your house for dinner. And that was, he was just calling him out. Nobody had told him his, his name, at least according to scripture. He just knew his name. And that day, Zacchaeus became a follower of Jesus and gave up half of his wealth to the poor. And then there was that Samaritan woman at the well who Jesus didn't know. They had never talked before. And Jesus said, oh yeah, you're not married. You've had five husbands and the one you're living with right now is not your husband. That's true, you're not married. And she immediately knew that he was a prophet because he knew about her life. And because of that, she became a follower of Jesus and then like told her whole village about Jesus, became an evangelist. So Jesus used that gift of prophecy to bless others, consistently doing that. And that's how it has worked in my life as well. Just this week, I had someone send me an email. We have a couple people on our prayer team who have the spiritual gift of prophecy, and they're, they're exercising it, you know, growing in it, stretching in it, and I've been encouraging them to do that. So one of them sent me an email. By the way, be careful if you encourage prophets to encourage you, right? Because there's, <laughs> there's five categories there, right? Remember those? Um, one of them is warning. No, they didn't do that. They didn't do that. It was more of a, a word of encouragement. But I want you to, to, to read this with me. It says, this was an email to me, part of an email. It says, I believe he's saying to you, relax, son, breathe. 
As I gave Moses instruction to divide responsibilities, I am giving you the same. It's okay to say, wait, I am, is in control. I will guide you and give you direction. Stay close to me. Spend time with me. I hear your heart and I'm giving you more, giving you more. Listen and do not get tied into others' needs. Love them, but give them to me. So part of, this person doesn't know this. I mean, they, they know me a little bit, but they don't know this about me, that it's actually hard for me to wait when someone has a need in the church family. If they, if they call me, if they text me, um, email me, I feel like I need to respond like right away. Even if I'm out to dinner with my wife or I'm watching one of my kids' games or whatever. Um, and so it was good for me to hear it. No, it's okay to say, wait. Another part of that is this section where it's saying, uh, spend time with me, stay close to me. And that's something that God's been speaking to me more and more is that I need to spend more time with him. And then the last part there says, listen and do not get tied into others' needs. Love them, but give them to me. And as you guys can imagine, we've had a lot of challenges in the church, as many of you know, this past year. And it's hard for me when I hear about a tragedy of someone in the church to not carry that. You know, it's, I'm supposed to care for, but God is supposed to carry the burdens. Does that make sense? And I mean, it's hard for me to not carry the burden. And so all of this was helpful to me. It was encouraging to me. And it really was affirming or confirming what God has already been saying to me. And many times that's the way that a word of prophecy will work. It will confirm what God has already been saying to you. You know, it just, it, it, it's like, oh yeah, that's true. This is something I know I need to hear it more. Now, in addition to that though, when we listen to a word, we're supposed to test it as well, okay? Because we have people who are going to be stretching in this gift of prophecy. I, I'm hopeful for that. But that doesn't mean that they're always right. Does that make sense? Um, if you watch Sean Bowles, you'll see that he's not always right. He's maybe just a little off here or there. But generally, he's, he's on. But we are supposed to test these prophecies. It actually says in 1 Thessalonians, again, this is the Apostle Paul speaking to the church in Thessalonica, do not quench the spirit, do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all. Hold on to what is good and reject every kind of evil. So it kinda, it's kind of like, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. When someone gives you a prophecy, take it in, test it, hang on to what is good, reject the rest. Makes sense? Because we're all just humans. We're trying to grow in this. Only one person was perfect in their use of spiritual gifts, and that was Jesus, right? Um, but we're all learning and growing through it. So we need to test it. One of the things I love about the Vineyard Movement is that we start out with an assumption that we might be wrong when we give a prophetic word. So we'll say things like, okay, I think that the Lord might be sharing this or saying this to you. Or I think I might have heard from God a word for you. And then after we give the word, we'll say, does that make sense? Was that right? And we'll, we'll have a conversation because, again, we're growing in this. Scripture says, right now we kind of see in part, but not fully. Does that make sense? So we're, we're learning to use this gift. 
So when someone gives us a word of prophecy, which hopefully, again, that'll grow more here in the church, then it's good for us to test it. So the way that I test a prophecy, and this is a hand on your handout, you can fill these in, is I ask five questions of myself. I just kind of ask of the, of the prophecy. First of all, does it align with Scripture? Because a, prophet, a prophetic word is a message from God. This is a message from God. He won't contradict himself. All right? This is perfect. And so when someone gives you a prophetic word, it's going to align with Scripture. And if it doesn't, it may not be from God. Number two is, does the Holy Spirit within me confirm it? When someone shares a prophetic word to me, I'm sensing with my Holy, the Holy Spirit within me, does that seem right? Does it confirm? Do I feel at ease or do I feel apprehensive? Do I feel peace or does it create fear or, or concern? Does it make sense? That's one way you can kind of test a prophetic word. Do my spiritual mentors confirm it? Number three, ask the spiritual mentors in your life, what do you think? Do you think this is from God? You know me. You hear from God. What do you think? Number four is, does it strengthen, encourage, or comfort me? That's the fruit of a prophecy. Strengthen, encourage, and comfort. Now, to be sure, sometimes when we get challenged, like we get called out on something, that is for our strengthening, and it's encouraging us to do do better. Um, Does it make sense? So just because someone might challenge us in an area doesn't mean it's not from God. And then lastly, was it given in love? Was it given in love? If somebody yells a prophetic word at us because they're mad at us, that's, you know? First Corinthians chapter 13 is called the love chapter. And it's nestled right between chapter 12 and chapter 14, which are all about spiritual gifts. And we many times take the love chapter, love is patient, love is kind, you know, that kind of thing. And we, we talk about love, you know, romantic love, and we, we quote them at weddings. But really, Paul is talking about this in the context of spiritual gifts. He says in 1 Corinthians 13, If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. Prophetic words need to be given in love for the person, to strengthen them, to encourage them. There's something else. Number three, comfort them. (laughs) So if the answer to any of those questions, one or more of those questions is no, you might want to reject what was said to you. Now, I've had that happen to me several times. I've had good prophetic words given to me, and I've also had ones that I'm like, "Mm, I'm not sure that that applies. One of those was back in 2017. Rose and I were considering starting this church. Um, And we were, the biggest question we had, this was like in February of 2017, was whether or not we were supposed to start this church in 2017 or 2018. That was really the biggest question we had at that time. And so we went to a a conference. It's a vineyard conference in Urbana, at the Urbana Vineyard. And it's it's a Holy Spirit type conference. 
And at this conference, they actually talk about the gift of prophecy and they give you a chance to practice it. And I was in one of those breakout sessions and uh, they said, okay, I want you to pray and then go to someone and give them a prophetic word. So I had a guy come over to me and give me a prophetic word. And I'm eager because I'm like, Lord, I need to hear from you. Is it supposed to be this year? Is it supposed to be next year? And this guy says to me, he goes, when I see you, I see Mary, the mother of Jesus. And I went, that's interesting. I've never been compared to Mary before. (laughs) Paul, you know, Barnabas, Peter, not Mary. So that wasn't a like a real quick, you know, I didn't confirm there. And then he says, what you're about to do, you should do quickly. And I'm like, oh. So, you know, I'm thinking in the context of started, starting a church and I'm, I talk to Rose about it. I pray about it. And I just did not feel peace about that. Does it make sense? And, and Rose didn't either. And so at the end of the day, I just said, okay, that was nice and I don't believe that he heard from God. Or maybe he didn't have the spiritual gift of prophecy and he was just, he was just trying. Now, I could have been wrong. Maybe we were supposed to start the church in 2017, but we didn't. We ended up starting it in May of 2018, and I feel really good about that. I think it was the right timing uh, for starting the church. But that's an example of when I was seeking direction, and really what I got is I got direction because I felt like what he said was not from God. Does that make sense? So I had actually more direction that we're supposed to wait through that season. So just because people might be off when trying to use this gift doesn't mean that we shouldn't try to grow in this. We need to have a lot of grace and humility as when we as a church try to grow in this spiritual gift. But we should all eagerly desire the gift of prophecy because it is a blessing to others. And then lastly, We should all eagerly desire the gift of prophecy because it edifies the church. It edifies the church. 1 Corinthians 14, 4 says, anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves, but the one who prophesies edifies the church. So prophecy edifies the church. So I looked up the word edifies, and it's this Greek word I'm not going to try to say. I'm not going to try to say. But it says to be a house builder, That is construct or figuratively confirm to build, edify, embolden. So I love that image. So edifying the church is building up, constructing the church. And in 2020, what we've seen nationwide, worldwide, is we've seen the church deconstructed. Not just lighthouse, but the church worldwide has been hit pretty hard this past year. Now here at Lighthouse, man, it has been a difficult year. We've had three individuals die here at Lighthouse this past year. Phyllis Gongwer just recently, Steve Good, and Dave Edwards. And these three were friends of mine. They attended the church here. I love to see them come and love to see their smiles. And, and we've lost them. And not just through physical death, we've had what I call coronavirus, spiritual coronavirus casualties. Dozens of people who were attending our church, serving in our church in January and February, they're not here now. For lots of reasons, but a pretty consistent one is that they fell away from attending church, from watching 
from fellowshipping, being in the community of believers, and they just stopped doing church altogether. It's been a tough year here at Lighthouse, and man, I am I'm excited about the idea of constructing the church, of building the church back up. Not just here, but around the world. And I would love to see the spiritual gift of prophecy utilized more and more and more to encourage us, to strengthen us, to comfort us. And I believe that's going to happen. I believe that 20, the rest of 2020 here for Lighthouse, and in 2021, it's going to be a great year for, for us. I'm going to share this with you. I don't know that I'll share this next service. But I, and I've been seeking God and going, okay, Lord, what do you have for Lighthouse? And I really feel like moving into next year, not giving up on 2020, it's going to be a great rest of the year, but moving into next year, I believe that we have in our community hundreds, if not thousands of people in the city of Elkhart who are desperate for a touch from God. We have gone through this difficult time with God and with each other. Thousands of people in our community have gone through this difficult time with CNN and not God. It's been a horrible time for them. They've been terrified. They've been afraid. And I think more people are open to the saving grace of the gospel than ever before. And so I'm actually getting super excited about where I believe God is leading our church in 2021. And uh, it's going to be a fun place to be, I think, <laughs> here at Lighthouse. And, and really, the churches around the world are going to have the same opportunity. So I'm super excited about that. And I think that we should include the spiritual gift of prophecy, don't you? I think we should. So we're going to actually practice that right now, just a little bit. Uh, but I'm going to turn ministry time over to Tony in the beacon, and I'm going to invite my wife Rose to come up here and lead us in a time of prayer. Um, so before service, um, some of our prayer team was in the, the prayer room, and we were just asking the Lord um, what he has for his children, um, because he has good things. We believe he has good things for us. And so um, this is going to look a little bit different this morning. So I'm um, sure. Um, I'm just going to share different words that we believe the Lord gave for anyone in this room, for anyone watching online. Um, and then it's up to you to discern whether that is for you or not. Um, let me just pray real quick. Holy Spirit, we need you. We just invite you into this place. And Lord, would you just um, activate your ministering angels to be in this room with people who are watching online. Lord, we just want your truth this morning, a connection with you.
So I'm just going to share a couple of the words that were um, shared this morning. The first one is the word surrender. Someone needs to surrender. A picture that she was given is, I see people throwing blocks of wood out of their windows. On these blocks of wood are words written on them. Some of the words are jobs, selfishness, money, jealousy, regret, anxiety, and doubt. As the wood is coming out of the windows, flames begin to consume them as they burn. I see men taking things from under their mattresses out of hiding. I sense the Lord saying, surrender all to me. I will free you if you surrender all to me. Seek me with your whole heart. I want your whole heart. Don't hold back from me. I will not hold back from you. I desire your heart. Desire mine. So a few nights ago, I don't dream very often, but I had this dream. And I feel that it may have been prophetic. In this dream, I was trapped in a room, and in the next room, there was a person, and he felt dangerous to me. And I was scared to come out of the room. And I felt trapped in that room. I felt like there was no way out. And then out of nowhere, (laughs) someone comes up the stairs into my room and provides a way out. And I feel like the Lord is saying that someone is looking for a way out of a situation. They feel stuck. They feel trapped. And the Lord is is saying, I want to provide a way out for you. I have a way out. But you need to ask him for that way out. You need to ask him for that way out of feeling trapped and helpless. One more. We need a desire for the gift of prophecy and word of knowledge. The Lord wants us to want it. He wants us to have it. He has a gift that he's just waiting. (laughs) He's waiting for you to take and to use. God is raising up an army and he wants to use the gifts in battle. Some are afraid to move forward in their gifts. It's scary and intimidating. And the Lord is saying, you don't need to be perfect. You don't need to have your life all together. There's grace in the gifts that he gives to us.
there is grace in the gift of prophecy and words of knowledge. So if any of those resonate with you, I would ask you to come forward. If there's anybody in this room that wants the gift of prophecy or wants more of the gift of prophecy, I want more. (laughs) I would encourage you to come forward to receive that. Who wants more? else he wants more of the prophetic more gifts it takes bravery and it takes courage to ask for this gift because it's a powerful one How do you want to do prayer? <laughs> okay, Clint will pray with these four, and um, hope will you help me pray for this group? Okay, I am going to close in prayer, then everyone is dismissed, and then we're, we're going to continue ministry time up here. So, Lord, I thank you for being here. I thank you for your truth, Lord. I thank you that you are the gift giver. You are the ultimate gift giver. God, I thank you that you love us that you care about us. God, I pray a blessing over everyone that you would go with them this week, that they would have a good week. In Jesus' name, amen. So you are dismissed and free to go and have a good week. Well, that's it for today's message. We hope we helped you know God more intimately. If you feel our ministry is helping you spiritually, feel free to find out more about us at lighthouseofvineyard.church. Thank you for being part of our family, and we will see you next time.